Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we're here to talk all about Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 15, Masquerade. Thank you for subscribing. What we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, and like always, I'm your host, Clarence. Let's get into some feedback. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel to all decks. In our last episode, we had a special submission Trek trivia from an actual listener of the podcast. And (laughs) admittedly, we thought we got to what might be the resolution or the answer for the question. But uh, I'm not so sure we were right. So the question was, what was the name of the 1980s TV series that starred two actors as principal cast members who also starred as principal cast members in a Star Trek TV series? And I believe our answer was Spencer for Hire. But let's get into Harold's feedback here. Spencer for Hire is not the correct answer. You guys threw out a few answers. Boston Legal did have two principal actors that also starred in the Star Trek series, William Chatner and Renee R.J. Benoit, but the show was from the 2000s, not the 1980s. And in regards to your other answers, T.J. Hooker was a show from the 1980s, but William Shatner was the only principal actor in that show who also was a principal actor in the Star Trek series. Likewise, Spencer for Hire and its spinoff, A Man Called Hulk were both from the 1980s, but they also starred only one principal actor, Avery Brooks, who also went on to appear as a main cast member in a Star Trek series. The answer actually is Benson, which was an ABC sitcom that ran from 1979 to 1986. The show centered around the character of Benson Dubois, who was the head of the household affairs for the state's governor, Eugene Gatling. Renee Argebenois starred as Clayton Edikoff III, the governor's chief of staff, and Ethan Phillips starred as Pete Downey, the governor's press secretary. Of course, Renee Argebenois went on to star as Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, while Ethan Phillips went on to star as Neelix in Star Trek Voyager. Harold. You had a stump, man. You had a stump. I would have never thought of Benson. That answer was so far away from what I thought the answer could be that it just wasn't even in the realm of possibility. So, Harold, thank you for sending in that question and also feedback to the previous question. You rock, man. You totally rock. And I'm going to throw it out there for anyone else who might have a question for us that might stump this cast of characters, this crew of Discussing Trek. Please send that in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. We're going to get right into our review of Star Trek Prodigy Masquerade, which was written by Nikhil S. Jayaram, and the episode was directed by Sang Shin. Trapped in the neutral zone, the crew encounters a rogue geneticist who sheds light on Dell's past. So if you have not seen this episode, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward... Spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. The spoiler warning has been dropped and we are back to review this episode. No beats for today because I didn't write any, but hey, we're going to get right into it. This episode, science rules and science needs 
rules. You go back to a oft-used theme in Star Trek about eugenics, genetics, and the manipulation thereof, and how it can lead to a superior race or a thought of a superior race, or it just leads to a lot of problems, especially when you think about it in the Star Trek universe. Of course, if you've been watching Strange New Worlds, we get a tidbit from one of our beloved characters being genetically engineered. So it's something that goes deep, deep into Star Trek, of course, Khan and everything that means and everything we got from the TOS era from him, including the, the second movie. So, yeah, genetics is a huge part of Star Trek. And if you even go to Enterprise, where we take that with Eric soon and just very interesting how genetics and science, of course, plays just a, just a huge role in Star Trek. So in this episode of Prodigy, we are hiding out in the neutral zone, the dreaded neutral zone where Starfleet shall not cross or we might have all out war. Again, something else that is deep within Star Trek from the classic TOS episode, Balance of Terror to, you know, implications in TNG and on forward. I mean, the neutral zone has been a very big part of Star Trek and we go into it and talk about it a little bit in this episode now, what I didn't completely understand about our ragtag team going in the neutral zone is that that's a Federation ship. So wouldn't it have the same issues as Janeway and the Dauntless going into the neutral zone? I thought it would, but maybe not. I guess they saw that the ship had been taken and this seems like a rogue ship, I guess. I don't know. So that felt really strange. But Admiral Janeway and her crew on the Dauntless can't follow the Protostar into the neutral zone good premise way to start this episode genetics neutral zone you have me there let's talk a little bit about the outrageous okana the temporary crew member of the uss protostar really interesting because dal gets very very jealous of the suave uh cool outlaw thadium okana and <laughs> and he's just it's just jealousy plain and simple and i can see why if the cool kid comes in and everybody's fawning over him. So Dahl has a bit of a large amount of jealousy going on when it comes to Okana. So very understandable, especially for a teenager. One thing I wanted to point out about Okana, and we did bring it up the last episode. He has an eye patch, which he did not have in TNG. And we were wondering, like, where did he get that from? I think it might be because of pre-established canon in Lower Decks. Because as I went back to look at the actual scene that he was in in Lower Decks, he was wearing the eye patch. So maybe there's a book or something out there that explains why he has an eye patch. If you know, guys, write in, let us know. Because I was wondering, like, where did he get the eye patch? And he even makes references to the jewel of Athesia from the TNG episode, which he was featured in. So I thought all of that was pretty cool. And of course, the whole thing in that episode was him using his good looks and charm and all of that to do um, very bad things. <laughs> but yeah, so all of that was cool. Dal is jealous. Okana is a temporary crew member. And then let's go back to Janeway's pursuit. Admiral Jellicoe refuses to grant Vice Admiral Janeway entry into the neutral zone. Really cool seeing Jellicoe come back. Of course, Jellicoe is from the chain of command two-parter. He takes charge of the Enterprise D while he sends Picard on a mission to which Picard gets called in four lights. And we get the whole lights thing. So um, 
pretty cool stuff there. And uh, yeah, just cool to see them bring that character back and made him look awesome. And he tells Janeway, if the Rumblings attempt to steal the Protostar, destroy the Protostar. One thing that I was really confused on, and I don't have clarity on this, maybe I need to look it up. Where exactly does the Prodigy timeline take place? It's obviously, or at least I assume it's before the uh, Star Trek Picard series, but after Lower Decks. So somewhere in there. So I'm thinking that we haven't had the Hobus star explode. So where are we actually seeing the Romulans in their power? Are there, it, it doesn't seem like it's post Hobus explosion. So it's somewhere in there where they still have their power. I mean, even in Picard after the explosion, we still see they were still a formidable force. So it's just, it's interesting seeing like trying to place this in the timeline and, and we don't really get a real explanation of where it is in the timeline from this episode but um yeah i'm assuming in between picard after lower decks somewhere in there the protostar arrives at this planet called noble owl cool cool thing about this planet it's a planet with a space elevator a thing that we've seen of course in trek's past most notably for me the episode of voyager <laughs> with tuvok and neelix going at it to actually fix this space lift for this planet I thought that was uh, a, a really cool kind of episode. And I like that we used the space elevator or the space lift here. And we did see it in Lower Decks very recently. We see a space elevator or a space lift episode in Lower Decks. So I do like that synergy of kind of a callback to, you know, a thing that we've seen in some episodes. And I think there may even be a TNG episode where we see a space elevator. So really cool. Uh, this doctor, this doctor who... Is experimenting in all of these scandalous activities. Okay, let's go back. Science rules and science needs rules. Dr. Jago experimenting in eugenics. And apparently this is the thing on this planet of Noble Isle. You can only get on and off the planet by the space lift. So pretty much while you're on the planet, they do all type of sciencey stuff, even illegal stuff elsewhere. And it's kind of a mecca for things like this. And I found that very interesting. And Dr. Jago doesn't even play around. She immediately knows something about Dal is different. Dal is genetically engineered, as she can tell. She says he's a handiwork of Eric Soon's protégés. Again, Eric Soon from Enterprise, a great arc. You should go to watch it. It's, it's really amazing. Of course, we have our Brent Spiner coming in and playing Eric Soon. So really good stuff. You should go check that out. So yeah, so we get the notion that Dal is a blend of several species. He's an augment with a blend of traits from over 20 species. <laughs> what? Um, something that I never really saw, but I will say that maybe John mentioned something like this earlier and I like just shot him down. But I, I, I think he was he was right. Obviously, right here, we're hearing that Dal is genetically engineered. And we even see it in the episode when Dr. Jago says that I can I can bring out some of those enhanced traits from these different species out in you and make you, you know, a superhuman of sorts or a super being of sorts. And we go back to that jealousy of Okana and, and that kind of, you know, leads to him getting uh, the enhancements to, quote unquote, fix him. His team is telling him he's fine. He don't need fixing, but of course he goes ahead with it. And again, he wants to be better than Okana. 
But these enhancements start him down a path that is kind of scary. I, I don't know how this is going to be for little kids seeing this because, man, he starts to at first exhibit some pretty cool traits. He's smarter. He can do all kind of tricks. He can use telepathy a little bit. And it seems real cool, but it quickly goes from the realm of just some cool new abilities to, oh, this guy's scary. He is growing tusk. Ears are getting big. He, he's looking crazy. And these genetic enhancements or fixes uh, is leading him down a, a dark path. And it's, it's pretty scary. Now, it goes without saying that Okana is a pretty scandalous guy, right? We know that. Outrageous. Outrageous even. At the first sign of the Romulans, which we learn have followed the protostar into the neutral zone to investigate this technology. And they want the ship. They want this tech because they see that Janeway wants it so bad. And Janeway almost wants to break the treaty to go in and, and get the protostar. So Janeway and team monitors what's going on with the Romulans. They get word that the Romulans go in. They continue to monitor. And again, Jellicoe says, if the Romulans get it, blow it up. But we have a meeting on on the planet as they find out that they need the captain of the protostar to actually get access to the protostar. And they go on a planet to try to get Dal. Of course, an entire chase ensues. But Okana tuck tails and run at the first sign of danger. Yeah, that guy, that guy, man. Boo. <laughs> but again, cool seeing him. In, in this animated show, really awesome. And again, I, we say this all the time, but I forget this is an animated show sometimes. And this was definitely one of those cases. And what saves them from this, this Romulan barrage is some cool tricks from the genetically engineered Dal. But also we get to see the evolution of Murph, you know, a step above firing photon torpedoes at the Dauntless <laughs> in the previous episode. Murph can kick some serious butt. <laughs> and that's just what he does to the Romulans when we're headed on this space lift back up to the ship and they're trying to get down. He he kicks their butt. He saves them. So it was really cool to see the evolution of Murph and you know, seeing what he might become going forward. So yeah, I'm 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 holding my ear to the ground to see what happens with Murph because he's not my favorite. I've stated that he's not my favorite character, but if they wind up doing something real cool with them, I'm definitely down. Our new security officer, as Rock Talk puts it, and she also says it gives her room to be the full-time science officer, and she makes her first entry as well, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. So all that happens, we eventually get Dahl back to his normal self. Moral of the story, you're great as you were. You didn't need fixing. You were already awesome. Gwen gives him a great speech. Uh, at the end to to let them, you know, make it feel a little bit better. So I thought that was really cool. Finally, let's talk about Ensign, Ascensia, and the big reveal. We see her go to the Diviner and attempt to get him to remember something, or even just the, the fuss, being a little bit frustrated at him not remembering what the heck is going on. And this was kind of a cool callback, but I think it was a little too on the nose we see what allowed Dal to get those enhancements was this genetic patch on the back of his neck. And once we were able to get rid of that, he was able to kind of eventually get back to his old self. But we see a similar patch on Ensign Ascensia, who we learn is a member of the Diviner's race. 
what? She hits this patch. She goes back to her diviner-esque look. And we get this revelation that, you know, she's been genetically enhanced by probably the same planet with especially seeing that device. She probably visited this same planet or a similar doctor to be able to be genetically engineered and, 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 and make her way in Starfleet, make her way to Starfleet, get in a good graces, become an ensign. Lord knows how long she's been here. But man, that was really, really surprising to say the least. Very surprising to say the least. And the table that's sitting between the Diviner and Instant Essentia even turns into Dreadnought. I don't know if that's her own personal iteration of Dreadnought. Maybe each of these people from their race has their own Dreadnought. In any case, I can't wait to talk about the next episode because, oh boy, oh boy, it's really good. So my rating for this episode, Masquerade, is going to be a 4.7. I really enjoyed it. Really no qualms. Uh, they're, they're telling this story. They're trucking it along. Although we probably wanted to move a little bit faster. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm loving all the tie-ins to all of Trek's past. And yeah, just for me, just keep it coming. 4.7 for me. If you're listening, guys, what do you think of this episode? How would you rate it on a five-point scale? You can hit us up at fans at discussingtrek.com via email or at discussing trek on any and all social medias. No trek trivia for the day. John is not here, so we'll resume that next week. Again, I will throw it out there. If you have a trek trivia for us that you want us to try to answer, send it on, even if it is easily Googled. Send it on. We will bring it up on the show and we'll even try to answer it on the fly, even if we are wrong, <laughs> like we were last time. It's all in good fun. We're going to wrap it up with that, guys. Thank you for joining. Of course, the full crew will be back next week as we review the next episode of Star Trek Prodigy. As always, guys, thank you for joining. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.